Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. It is now quite a day for local sport from your local team. This is Charles and Lige. Charles and Good evening to you and welcome to Chopping Live. It's the big match preview here on Maritime Radio. My name is Louis Mendes and joining me in the studio as we prepare to look ahead to Saturday's game up at Blackburn Rovers uh, is uh, Mr. Nathan Muller. How are you doing, Nath? Living the dream, mate. Living the dream, yep. yeah. Been a good week? Um, yeah, it's, gone, it's gone quick. Yeah. Yeah. You re- recovered from the Back to the Valley festivities? Uh, yeah, yeah. It was actually a really good night, actually. We'll probably yeah. go into it, but yeah, no, I won a massive... Blown on Monday at Winter Wonderland. Oh, yeah, yeah I saw that. Yeah, there was uh, 65 bars. There were 65 bars. Oh, there's no way I'll be able to go through all those. Nah, well, you, you can go through 65 bars on a night out, can't you? But <laughs> yeah, 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 <laughs> not chocolate. Though. Yeah. Excellent, right? Uh, let's uh get ready to look ahead, like I say, to Saturday's game with Blackburn Rovers. Uh, elsewhere on tonight's show, we're going to hear from uh Carl Robertson quite a few times on a couple of different subjects. He's going to talk, talk, talk about the uh the players' Christmas party, as we heard uh, the uh, the other day. There's some some more updates from from Carl there. The disciplining uh, that he's been dishing out. Uh, we're going to talk about the transfer window, which of course is coming just after Christmas. The FA Youth Cup is a great win for Charlton uh, during the week, including an incredible third goal uh, from Alfie Dotti. Doherty? Doherty? So we're here from Serge Baltacher, uh, the uh, under-18s manager. Uh, we'll go back to 2002 for I wish we were there. Talk about the dinner, check a trade. Uh, the players went out to visit uh, a hospital and uh, the hospice this week. So we'll talk about that. And then, of course, like I said, we will look ahead to Saturday's game with uh, Blackburn Rovers uh, up, uh, up at Ewood Park. Right, but first things first. Now, it was one of the uh, talking points on Sunday show. We had a, uh, a couple of comments and emails and, and whatnot. Uh, the Christmas party, obviously, the players, um, after Saturday's defeat up at, um, or here at the Valley against Portsmouth, uh, the players were then sort of found out on their on their Christmas party. They went on the Christmas party and then ended up on Instagram, which some fans... Uh, weren't too happy with quite a lot of fans didn't really care to be fair I think I'm probably in the, in, in the second bracket but uh, I think uh, Carl was sort of asked about uh, what, what his plan is in terms of discipline Carl you confirm that you've disciplined those involved in posting images on social media at the players Christmas party just hours after the home defeat by Portsmouth you personally have worked overtime in attempting to heal the rift between club and supporters is that a setback for you? There's no rift between players and supporters Listen, let's get this straight. Every single fan of a Christmas party, 99%. What the players did was nothing wrong. What was stupid and what was disrespectful and what was was posted on social media. Listen, mate, we, we, come, we come from an age where we didn't have to tell everybody about what you were doing. You, you were quite happy in your own company that you were in. And when we got beaten in a game that was hurting us, well, hurt us, and it doesn't look like but it was, I seen them in the dressing room at the end of the game and, and what and how I felt. But it was something that was planned three months in advance. 
Um, now, if media circle want to pick up on things and dig people out and, and make it look ten times worse than what it was, was it right to put it on social media? No. Did they deserve a Christmas party? Yes. Was the timing great? No. Was it something they planned immediately after the game? No. It was three months. It fitted in with our games programme. Um, but I'm not happy with... It was almost like rubbing it in people's faces. And one individual has been told in no uncertain terms that is not acceptable at all. But then, all of a sudden, people want people to get closer to the players. So when we want this social interaction, you can't then think it's a negative when it has a negative impact. So I was sure I never, I never found out until uh, till Monday morning. Um, and you can imagine my response. I was not happy at all, at all. And the players know that. Uh, and it's not because of the Christmas party. It's because of people feel maybe insecure that they feel they have to show people that they're doing well and show people that they're still part of it. And uh, one or two are deeply uh, embarrassed. And like to Jacko, listen, he loves this club more than anybody. And it made him look like he was... And that is the furthest thing from the truth. I've never known someone to be so affected and, and, and care so much for a football club as Johnny Jackson. And every single fan's seen the shift that Ricky Owens put in. And then all of a sudden it's it's turned into into this negative thing, which I can see why people have the problem with it. But the big problem I think most people have is by posting it on social media. It's almost like rubbing it in people's faces. And that to me is not acceptable. But there's no from the fans to the players is not been one problem. Listen, we we know where the negativity line. So they've seen how much the players have put a right shift in this year and we've come off the back of a, a defeat to Wimbledon which which without the FA Cup it's amazing how it's, that wasn't a big impact on us but we felt that we played really well on Saturday. Anyone at the game will say the first half we were by far the better team and we just need to take our chances. But if we were the one one nil and that was posted everybody would have been saying how good does that look they're all together. Just a quick one, and maybe a final word. I'm, I'm sure Clavio will have a few questions on it as well. Um, two, I think, no, sorry, that's like four or five on a Christmas do a few years ago. I think it was five or six the following year, seven the year before. 22 of them went. Right, together, as one. We're very close. We care for each other, we fight for each other. And we really do believe passionately in the football club. We got it tactically right on Saturday. The players put everything in. But when we have to create more chances and then we have to take it. Fundamentally, that was the big problem with the weekend, that we didn't win. Now, your old friend Sam Allardyce has cancelled Everton's Christmas party. <laughs> Listen, is there, is let me tell you something. Is there a in the modern no, game for, right. for players' Christmas parties? Uh, you won't cancel, cancel a trip to Dubai, trust me, that they'll have in March. Um but uh, I know that for a fact. Uh, listen, what you hear and what you read, what you see and what you don't see, who's to say that a club can cancel a Christmas party and have a private party where no one's allowed in and no phones allowed? But everyone thinks it's everyone's cancelled a Christmas party. What I'm saying is, there a place in the modern game for players' Christmas parties? Surely they can enjoy themselves at the end of the season. 
So does that mean that mean footballers only allowed four weeks to enjoy the life over fifteen years? So you're only allowing them sixty, seventy weeks of their football and life to enjoy it. We everybody in life has has an ability to to not drink, to drink, to socialise, to play golf, to play snooker, to go to the library, to go for a coffee. Uh, and I'm not too sure many go to a library, but the library still exists. <laughs> um, so I think everybody. Now, if it affects performance, no. So if you're playing Wednesday and you're going night out on Saturday, if you're playing on Tuesday and you're rotten drunk on the Saturday, it has an effect on your performance. If you go on a Saturday and you don't play to the following Saturday, it will not have a single effect on your performance. But like I say, smoke and mirrors within the Premier League, I can guarantee you there'll be a night out somewhere that you'll never hear about. So there you go, Carl Robinson talking to Tony Hart about the uh, situ- worst situation, if you want to call it that, with, with the Player of the Year, uh, with the, uh, the the Christmas party. I mean, we, we, we talked about this on... On Sunday, but that's you're straight from the horse's mouth there in terms of what Carl thought. I mean, uh, you pretty much draw a line under it now. I think I think he said similar to what we said on Sunday. Is like, you know, the players should have their fun. I think there's, there's at least a three more minutes of that sort of chat as well, but they should have their fun. Mm. They should relax. They, you know, they're not robots. They need they need to have fun. Everyone has a Christmas party if, if, if you want to. Um, and, and it was just perhaps the timing of, of, of the Instagram post from, from, from Lewis Page. That was the only, probably the only thing that went wrong there, really. Mm. Yeah, no, definitely. I'm, we said it on Sunday. Um, <clears throat> I'm in the camp where, you know, let them have a, let them have a night out. We've had, a, we've had an okay season. Yeah, we're not romping the league. But, you know, we're not... It's been better than it has been for the last couple of years. And if I sit back and think about it, you know, I think they have deserved a little bit. Um, but like he said, you know, if... if that wasn't posted by Pagey, then none of us would be none the wiser. So, you know, it wouldn't really matter. But um, I agree, um, they should have went. But yeah, it was silly of um, naive of Pagey. But it was in, he's obviously done it in the heat at the moment. I don't think he's done it purposely to wind anyone up. Yeah, I'm thinking, I, I, it's I, in the heat at the moment, isn't it? Everyone along, does it. Get the phone yeah, out, didn't they? So even further along in the clip that you didn't play, even suggested it might have been an accident as well. Mm. In terms of he just wanted to save it or send it privately or accidentally, accidentally added it to his story. Mm. I think um, it was quite an interesting. T- see, I sort of touched on this as slightly jokingly on Sunday as well, but Carl again might have sort of said it there I think that psychologically for Lewis who's been out injured for so long and you know I joked that when he went to the and signed some autographs in the club shop before a game it was, it was very rarely that it, you know the fans meeting the player it's also the player meeting the fans because he, he wouldn't even know who they are because he hasn't played but joke, mm-hmm. you know, joking aside he probably does feel slightly left out and he, he probably does want to remind people that he's part of this club and in a way, you could almost understand why he might, because if you if you sat there on the touchline for so long, it must be so difficult as a footballer. I mean, people always talk about oh, they get all this money, but you know they're still human, you know. And if you for whatever reason couldn't do your job for however long, that'd be frustrating. And you you want people to remember, no, I'm still part of this team. I want to play, you know, a team that's done quite well this season. I want to play a part in it somehow at least. Yeah, because I mean, when you've got a, an injury long term as as Pagey had, then. You know, you, you, if you go to the training ground, you've got the gym that overlooks the, you know, the training pitch. And if you're stuck in the gym all day and you're seeing all your all your mates outside having a laugh, you know, having a bit of banter playing playing football, it can be a pretty lonely place. And um, obviously, he's managed to 
not getting invite because obviously he's part of the team. But um, you know, he's gone along and yeah, he's he's done what he's done. But yeah, I, I don't think there was any malice in it. Um, I think Robbo's obviously had a word with him and told him what he's thought. And um, I, don't, I don't think, like you said, I, don't, I think it'll be. Um, I think the lines drawn under it and. Um, I hope, hopefully, that is the last of it. But on the same token, I understand how people got a bit annoyed with it. I completely understand, but um, I'm still in the camp of um, live and let live. Yeah, I mean, so I, I can imagine what your answer is going to be to next question. But Tony did ask: Do do Christmas parties have a place in football? <laughs> Why not? Yeah. I mean, if, if, I mean, if they were going, like Robbo said, if if it was a du- night before the match, <laughs> then obviously it'd be interesting. It's not 1970 anymore, <laughs> exactly. But you know. Even if, like he said, towards the end anyway, it would have happened anyway. It was only if Pagey didn't record it, no one would have known none the wiser and everything would have been... Everyone would have been like, oh, are they not having a Christmas party this year? Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, I think, like he said, they're still human, they're still lives. And yeah. got to remember, these guys aren't... Some of them are still quite young, you know, so they've still got to enjoy themselves. But as long as they're professional afterwards and, you know, come a Saturday, uh, which they always are, and put a shift in, then... I have no qualms whatsoever. Well, it could be so good for team morale. And he talks mm. about how beforehand, you know, over the last few years, not many people were going. I might even, even though it's like my own personal office job, actually, like this year, everyone joined in with the Christmas party, whereas years gone by, it's been quite quiet. And everyone joins in, all of a sudden, you're talking to people down the other end of the office that mm. you didn't socialise with as much. So in a football sense, you, you know, you're all part of the same team. You might, you know, help you with your understanding. You might all of a sudden want to stay behind the helping with something with training, all these sort of things. It's mm. all team building. It's all excellent. It's all, you know, good stuff, really. It's what, especially in a football club. Mm. Oh, yeah, of course. And, you know, it's all well and good having the banter and, you know, all getting along as mates and when you're training. Um, but you're still required to, you know, still a professional footballer. You still need to go about your business in a professional way. And, you know, you'll have little cliques. <clears throat> so, obviously, you'll have, you've got Ahmed and Nabs who are their own little thing. And then you've got, obviously, the Essex lads are another lot. But this going away will be a nicer time for them all to go out together where, you know, they probably, you know, I don't know, maybe Nabs and Pagey, for example, wouldn't go necessarily go out on a night out together or have something to eat together. So, it's nice for them to let their air down or everyone as one big unit and mm-hmm. I think it's a good thing I really do yeah. that's what Charlton Live did at the Back to the Valley dinner because yeah, oh, I, yeah. I wasn't talking to you before that was I now, <laughs> now, we're, on, now we're on speaking terms excellent right let's have a quick break here on Charlton Live we'll be back in 30 seconds Silver steps in, wins it back for Charlton, comes away on a run and then feeds Fossu over halfway. Fossu on the left-hand side, heading towards the penalty area, looking to take on Pond. Gets in the box, is he going to fall over? No, he's got it, Davis! There's number three! Welcome back to Charlton Live here on Maritime Radio on your Thursday afternoon. This is the big match preview on your Thursday evening, in fact. It's Louis Mendes and Nathan Muller in the studio here, live from the Valley. Uh, right, of course, uh, Christmas is just around the corner, which to all Charlton fans uh, means they know that January transfer window is just after that. And that's what we're all really looking forward to, of course, uh, as we uh, look to try and get our promotion bid uh, Possibly rolling against, uh, just had, having a slight little stutter at the moment as injuries have sort of caught up with us uh, and whatnot. So uh, with uh, with the transfer window coming up, uh, you want a manager who knows what he wants, and Carl Robinson is a manager who knows exactly what he wants. Transfer window coming up, fast approaching. Do you look forward to it? Or yeah, I know who we want. Yeah, 
I know exactly who I want. My shopping list being handed in. Waiting for the sales to open on the first, and we get our job done. And will it be done sort of early in that month? Do you think, or is it all going to be done on the last day? I don't want it done on the last day. No, you want to get it done. I know what I need. I, I, I've never been so clear going to a transfer window of knowing what we need. What is your ideal transfer window? I don't. Let, I think I think we all know we need strikers. Probably cover in two areas to fight to, with the people who are playing. I'm not going to say where they are because I don't want to be. But I think we need. I don't want people to think there's a weakness in them areas. But I feel that if we, if we lose one or two players, we look worse. I think we need to, to make sure that we've got two areas covered, two types of strikers coming in to support what we have. I know who I want, I know where they play, I know what they want. Very, very clear. And the two strikers, would that be in addition to Leon Best if you decide you want him? He may be one. He may be one of those, do you still expect Ezri Konza to, to go in the same well, that's Right now, I think the, the big thing is, is is if he does go, he comes back immediately on loan. Right. I'll be honest with you, I've had no, I've had no conversations in regards to talk yeah. about that. Um, so I, I couldn't really, I think the big one is that he's got to come back and, and, and be on loan here. So you wouldn't need to re-strengthen in his position? Uh, I, I think, yeah, I think when you say to me what you need, I think I know what I need to build on top of this yeah. team. If he went, I think it would be a case of well, I need to replace that with that, and we need to have that in place. And that's to be fair to Stevie, he's got all the all them bases covered. We sit down on a daily basis, reevaluate, reassess, and rewatch. Um, and we've been we've worked really hard over the past four weeks. This has been a very small fraction of my job being here and, and doing things. I've been to so many games. Um, I've been to some Premier League games to meet managers and stuff to to try and tempt some of the players to come. Um, behind the scenes, we've worked extremely hard. Um, I've not had a Christmas party, so I deserve one. <laughs> well, where should Carl go for his Christmas party? <laughs> well, it sounds like he's going shopping. Um, yeah, now, obviously, he's saying that he's got a shopping list. Is he going to be given the coupons to go and get what he wants? <laughs> Do you want a single answer? <laughs> I don't. I, I think he'll get one. I don't think he'll get. But I don't think he'll get all of what he wants. Yeah. I, when he says. Um, obviously, strikers one, obviously, and then the other two I think could be in a wider area and one in, as a DM. That's where I think you. Well, well, that's where I think we should strengthen. Whether or not me and him are singing off the same hymn sheet, I don't know. But um, I can see uh, for him to get a striker, they're going to spend. They are going to have to spend some money, or it's going to be a loan signing. So, it, watch this space. I suppose. I mean, there's obviously been been some names in terms of um, personnel that have been linked with us, which we. Uh, Spoke about Matty Godden on Sunday, didn't we? So, is it him or is it another loan, a similar ilk to um, uh, Mavadidi? Is that Eddie Nakataya or whatever his name is? I can't pronounce it from <laughs> Arsenal. Is he going to be one? Um, I don't know. We'll, we'll we'll have to wait and see. But I, I can't see him getting all all three positions. Mm. Um, I, I mean, I guess the uncertainty from you know in uh, in terms of a takeover, which is something that's been talked about quite a lot. I mean, that's not gonna help really because if Roland's not planning on, on kicking about much longer then I can't imagine he'll be that willing to splash the cash no exactly and this is the problem that you're going to have is because whilst it's in the current ownership Roland's not going to want to spend um, if we're new into a takeover then obviously the new owner's going to want to have some say of what we're spending 
um, because it's gonna it's, there, it's gonna be on their books when when they take over. So um, it's, I don't know. It's still a bit up in the air, which seems to be every January uh, <laughs> with us, to be honest. But um, I think the main one is definitely a striker and a, a centre mid, a winger possibly. But I think that would be the third priority, in my opinion. Anyway. Yeah, I mean, if you could only have one, so striker. He, he's definitely yeah. striker. Oh yeah, I mean, yeah. I think with, with, with DM, yeah, Jake and um, Jake and Ahmed. Um, and although I said on Sunday, I thought we were—you can tell—we missed Ahmed so much against Portsmouth in terms of the way we our ball retention and how he sort of he dictate he dictate dictates rather the tempo. Um, I still feel yeah, I think S could do a job in there. Not not like Ahmed, but he could do a job in there. Same as Joe could. Um, but I think the goals is where we're struggling, and I think. I mean, Saturday was, yeah, we didn't create a lot, but it's not, it was one of our rare occasions where we didn't create a lot. Usually it's the other way around when we create loads and can't finish them. So, but I think the striker is the, Big Josh is doing a job. Let's not get, not, don't get me wrong, he's doing a, he's doing an amazing job, but he's not your 15, 20 goals a year striker, which mm. you, you're looking at the teams above, you're looking at um, Blackburn and Wigan and the teams above, they've got someone like that so well I'd, I'd say Josh has got 15 in him if you look at the amount of goals he got last yeah. season I think it was what 8, eight or 9 and yeah. that was including a fair a fair spell on the sidelines but I mean even just to give him a blow you know was, I mean he's been playing for us he's been playing for Northern Ireland just he needs a couple of games out but we've got no one in there you know who I think can lead the line or <clears throat> at least you know get a few chip in with a few goals within that time um, I think we're desperately short up there, but yeah, uh, yeah I, I just I, I I said it at the beginning of the year, and I sort of um, I'm not saying he won't get ten, obviously, because I think he's more or less got ten now. Anyway, he's got eight. Yeah, he got yeah. ten last year. He's already got eight yeah, so far I, this year. He, in, might, in, he, in might, he might get fifteen, yeah. but I, I mean, I'm you know, with looking at you know like uh, Ivan Tony and all those sort of players, they're they're doing all right, and I just think we need someone different apart from the big man up front. I think we just need a, another dimension of a plan B. Mm-hmm. Carl sort of mentioned there that um, other than the obvious striker, he said there's one or two positions he'd like to strengthen <coughs> otherwise. I mean, mm. he, he wouldn't be drawn into which ones those were. But, I mean, do, do you feel you know which... which yeah, which, I still yeah. I feel a DM and a winger of some yeah. sort. Um, uh, I think he I think he said in the summer that he was still looking for some another type of winger. Um, whether or not that's changed, because I don't think he realised how good Fosu was going to be. Yeah, um, well, because uh, Tariq Fosu was certainly bought in as... Mm. A backup to yeah. the likes of Mark Marshall and Ricky Holmes, but mm. I mean, would, would you say they're quite similar players, perhaps Fosu and Marshall? Um, I, I, in a way, yeah, but I, th- I Holmes, think, of course, yeah. I th- obviously, I think Marshall's more of a sort of hug the touchline sort of player. I think Tariq comes in and gets the ball deeper and drives, uh, whereas I find Marshall as a an old school winger. You know, hug the touchline, beat his man, tries to cross the ball. Uh, whereas I think Fosu will drive a lot better and cut inside, but. Um, I think, yeah, I've, I can see where you might want another one, but I still think you need someone someone who can run a game or can at least manage a game properly like Ahmed can and maybe slow the play down if we need to or speed it up if we need to because I don't think we've got anyone else apart from Kashi. Even though Jake, you know, Jake's a different type. He's more of a sort of classy, sort of silky player. I still think we need that bit of grit and the, someone who does the donkey work uh, when Ahmed's not there. Mm. And in terms of uh, Esri Konza, now, I mean, the, the the word a couple of weeks ago was that we felt it was likely he'd go, but Carl's certainly insisting that he, he gets a, a loan back. Now, I mean, I mean, if he does go and a loan back 
it does happen, then I guess you'd, you'd count that as sort of even, for, at least for this season, in terms of in terms of the squad, which is what we're worrying about in the short term. But if he does go and he doesn't get loaned back, which I mean, we 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 had spoke about hoping to get Lookman loaned back last season, and we we spoke about you know other players we'd hope to get loaned back in, in in the past, and it never happened. So if he does go and doesn't get loaned back, then that would immediately make us a player short in that position, and we'd certainly have to strengthen there again mm. if he were to go. Yeah, exactly. So if if he if he doesn't come back on loan, that's four players you need. And it's bad enough us trying to get one or two. So um, I think it'd be suicidal if we let him go and, and try not get him back. I mean, let's, let's be honest. I mean, who, who, the people that are going to buy him, you know, they're not, no, no, no offence, but it's not going to be the Prestons of this world where he's probably going to go straight to their first 11. It's going to be the Spurs or the Arsenal or the Chelsea, and he's not going to walk into their 11. So even from Ezzy's point of view, he'd be, in my opinion, he'd be crazy if he just went and didn't want the loan back anyway. Um, but sounding by the sounds of Carl, I think if he does go, I think that there'll be a term in there that he is definitely loaned back, mm. um, which is which makes sense for us and for Ez. Um, you know, I wanted Gomez to come back, but and then he started, and then he hasn't looked back since he well he got that, had the injury in between. But I just think it'll be crazy if we didn't get anything back or yeah. get him back on loan Dan tweets in saying what he has planned is totally different to what he will get same old story with this regime time and time again and that is you know that there, there will always be this sort of lack of confidence perhaps in Ronan Duchatelet from, from sections of the Charlton supporters because of what we've seen over the years we've always I mean you know, football fans are never satisfied, but at the same time, we've been left notably short in years gone by, and and this year we've certainly been left slightly short. You know, mm. we were saying in the summer well, we're maybe even one or two away, but those one or two didn't quite come to fruition. So once again, we feel like we've been slightly shortchanged in terms of what we could have. Mm. No, yeah, and the, it's like Robbo said he didn't want it last minute, which I think don't think anyone wants. You know, ideally it'd be a case if we get it done early, and then we go right, that's it, nothing, no, no one's leaving, no one's coming in. Um, otherwise what happened the last one is obviously Big Nose went last minute then we had to get Joe Dodo in which hasn't turned out very well um, and I think that's the most frustrating thing because we, we we don't know whether we're coming or going so I think like, if we get it done early um, like I said I don't think we'll get all three positions he wants I'll be very surprised if he does I think we might get two um, I, don't, I don't think both of them will be permanent you know, I can't see that. Yeah, no. Do you think we'll have the ability to get it done early as well? Because well, this, the, the, that's the, the the hardest thing is the te- the selling team are always going to want to try and hold out for as long as possible to try and get the most money. No one's going to bid on the first of January and go here's five hundred grand, and someone goes, yeah, I'll take that. Take that, even if it's, a, if it's above their valuation anyway. They're going to leave it hanging and say, oh, someone at so and so is interested to try and up the price. So unless you've got something done more or less coming into the window where there's no other interest. I can't see it ever being... I mean, when I say early, I mean like the first couple of days. Mm. But I think you're always going to have that rush around last day because people are just going to try and get as much out and squeeze as much out of you as possible. Mm. Okay, so we're hoping, obviously, uh, for uh, stuff to be done early. But sometimes, you know, you, you see now patient. You see that? You see how patient we <laughs> are? Yeah, sometimes you have to be patient. Right, quick break here. We're on Charlton Live, be back in 30 seconds or so uh, as we get ready to look back at the FA Youth Cup game on uh, Tuesday or Wednesday night. Cassie sees, but oh my god, he's gone for it, you know. Oh, what a goal! Oh, what a goal by Armand Cassie! Oh, 
That's almost at the halfway line. Unbelievable strike. That is outrageous. Right footed. Well, he saw Ulrich off his line. What a goal. Live. So welcome back to Charlton Live here on Maritime Radio. Uh, on Tuesday evening is the FA Youth Cup uh, and Charlton uh, were uh, away to the, the Charlton under-18s. That is away to Queen's Park Rangers over at Loftus Road. Uh, and it's a 3-1 victory. Now, um, the, it's a great victory to get into the into the next round, which will be the, the fourth round where we'll be playing uh, at home against either Millwall or Reading. I don't know if that game's been played yet, but when I checked earlier, it hadn't. Uh, so I assume not, <laughs> and um, uh, and uh, so potential London derby with Millwall. I saw us beat Millwall in that competition here a couple of years ago on penalties. Uh, so hopefully, I mean that's the only time we ever seem to beat Millwall. So hopefully, hopefully uh, we'll, we'll get another chance to do so. But any any progression in the FA Youth Cup is always something something to be proud of. And the game was capped off by an incredible, uh, one of the most memorable goals you're ever going to see from someone in a Charlton shirt, Alfie. Doughty, Doughty, we can't decide, Doughty, uh, scoring from well within his own half, like well within his own half, a uh, left-footed one, the keeper, it was uh, debatable whether it was a clearance or not, the keeper was way out of his goal and, and he sort of bent round him and made it 3-1 in injury time to add the, the gloss to it, you know, give you that daylight that you needed uh, to the result, but I mean it was an unbelievable goal. Um, <laughs> and uh, I mean you've seen it Nave, what mm-hmm. did you think, did you think he meant it? Um no, <laughs> uh, I don't, you know, only he can answer that. I just think the way that he strike, he strike the ball and it's got come from a wide. It looks like he's tried to play it down the channel, and it's just he's got a bit too much purchase inside. And it's, but listen, if he's meant it, then full play. You know, a fair play to him because it was a great little finish. But usually those ones from there, you'd usually go in the air, but you'd sort of dink it. But nonetheless, it went in, didn't it? So he's he's, he's been granted the goal, and um, it was a great finishing. Uh, what's it called? I mean, speech bubbles or whatever they're called. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, no, it's, it's, it's decent. But if he meant it, only he'll be able to say. I mean, competitions like this, I mean, the, the, the under-18s are, you know, very rarely get to go and watch them. It normally is in, in the FA Youth Cup, if I ever do. But, you know, this sort of cup competition at their age is all good experience mm. and, and they could come up against, uh, you know, the further they go in the competition, the better chance they've got coming up against uh, other, uh, you know, higher placed academies. I remember seeing this against uh, Chelsea here a few years ago. I think we're tuning up and ended up losing 3-2 mm. uh, against Chelsea a few years ago as well. Uh, in fact, Ollie Groom's mum made us uh, sausage rolls for that game and they're amazing. Uh, I do you remember that? What was the score? Uh, three two. Oh well, uh, I, thought you, I thought you. I thought you remembered the score. Uh, the sausage rolls, the score. Well, like, tasted, they must have been that good. If you tasted these sausage rolls, yeah, they're legendary. <laughs> well done, Ollie Groom's mum. But um, uh, yeah, all this is obviously good experience to to build up to you know higher pressure football when when they go into their senior careers. Yeah, oh no, definitely. I'm just looking just looking at the lineup actually as you were speaking. You've got a good couple of players in there, which um, I thought they were older than eight uh, under ratings, but obviously they're not. But yeah, no, it was a good little. Um, Good result. Zamura, I've seen play. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. 
Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Gordon Zamora. Yeah, Sarpon Wiradu's decent yeah. player. You've got, uh, obviously, Luke Carey's a good player. And who is it, Alex Willis, is it? Yeah. Um, I can't say I've seen Corunda or Pollard play. Um, but that Sarmiento, that, is, that the, uh, is that that Portuguese guy? Is he the one we've just recently signed? He's supposed to be really, really good. Oh, really right, yeah, I don't know. You have to. I'm pretty sure he's um, he's like Portuguese. That's what I mean. I'm sure someone will be able to tell me because um, they obviously know more about under 18s than me. But um, yeah, no, it's great, great experience. And um, obviously, if they like, we've always spoke about it before. If they look at the the progress and the chances that um, you know Joe's had and. Obviously, Ez and Solly, but not even to that extent. Even to the likes of you know Lapsley coming in and getting his, you know, getting his goal, and obviously Joe, um, Joe, not Sanderson, Joe, Joe, centre back Joe, uh, who played the other week for the Checker Trade, Joe Saunders or something like that. Maskell? No, not yeah. James Maskell, the centre back. Joe oh, Cummins, Cummins yeah, sorry. Saunders. Don't know where I got that from. But if they look at that, they they know if they if they perform well at that level. They could get a chance, not not definite, but you know, and that's it. they've got an avenue here, and uh, we always speak about it, and I think it'll be it's a good thing for them. So hopefully we can um, push on to the next round. Which I don't know. Yeah, you said that it's not decided yeah, yet. Yeah, decided yet. But anyway, so the goal scorers in that game: Luke Carey, uh, Albie Morgan, and Alfie Doughty, uh with the goals. <laughs> now Serge uh, Baltasha is the uh, the manager for the under 18s He caught up with the club after the game. Serge, a three-one victory here at Loftus Road tonight for the under 18s How would you assess your side's performance? Outstanding performance. It's uh, so far best performance this season. And uh, boys stick with our uh, game plan. They've been brave. We won a battle one against one collectively. And individually, what we talk about, like before game, about come and be, you know, positive in attacking shape, uh, keep possession, uh, counter attack, and it's what is we, you know, plan like boys done. But like I said, it's individual and uh, team performance was outstanding. We dominated from the start, got the goal, but then we were pegged back quite quickly. How pleased were you that the team kept going and then got themselves back in front? Yeah, it's it show character of boys. Uh, quite uh, first half was uh, very intensive, very intensive. Where stream it feels uh, a lot of rotation was, you know, from them, and we stick with this. You know, we managed to to dominate. You know, uh, not allow them to have a lot of you know uh, time space. You know, we've been uh, very tight. You know. Uh, Stop them to, uh, to deliver ball in white areas, you know, and uh, manage first half very well. In second period, we, you know, just to, you know, try to uh, same performance, to have same level of performance, and boys done outstanding job. How important is the FA Youth Cup for for yourself and for the boys? Yeah, uh, like uh, boys show now, we're not afraid anyone. Like we're ready to go uh, next level and see what happens.
into round four now, either Reading or Millwall. Um, have we got a preference at all? Uh, not really, not really. Like it's important, like you're playing home game, and you know, I'm sure crowd will be supporters, you know, at home. Uh, game volume maybe. Uh, I think it's really very interesting. And just finally, how important is it that tonight's performance becomes a benchmark for the rest of the season for the under-18s? Yeah, I think we talk about this as well with boys before game. It's like last four or five games we had quite good performances. And it's, uh, you know, the show, they, they mature, uh, you know, a lot of last maybe couple of months, you know. And this is performance show, they are ready to go in and take it away. Led out by Colin Walsh, Charlton's first goal scorer a decade before, it was indeed a very happy anniversary. One by Rowett for Lisby. Rowett's cross. Hughes there. Good defending by Carragher. But Hughes the second time of asking. Charlton lead with a goal from Jason Hughes. Denied initially by some very stout defending. Newell was alert enough and light on his feet to respond. Jamie Carragher did enough against him, but it came back off on show. And Newell whipped it into the top corner. And Charlton Athletic have won all three games in which Jason Newell has scored previous to this one. again now Lisby possibilities here on the counter Bartlett oh good stop by Kirkland here's Lisby again and Koncheski yes coolly taken by Paul Koncheski it's Charlton Athletic 2 Liverpool 0 they've always looked dangerous on the break they have been under siege at times in this second half but Charlton have continued to believe they could find a way past Chris Kirkland again. And Paul Koncheski with the most delightful of locked finishes has given the home side clear daylight. It's a happy rebirth day.
takes us back 15 years <laughs> to uh, 2002. Uh, that was actually the 10th anniversary of the return to the Valley. It's incredible to think, really. So just 10 years from, you know, the day you look at all the pictures we were looking at mm. throughout the last couple of weeks and, and that tiny little valley that we came back to and all that hard work. It, you know, just 10 years later, we're an established Premier League team. Uh, you know, putting the, putting the likes of Liverpool to, to the sword. Uh, anyone at Jason Yule scoring a, a header was sorry a header that sort of got bundled around. Then he sort of banged in the rebound, and then the uh, the second one was a great finish from Paul Konchesky where he got played back to him and he lobbed it uh, over the goalkeeper. Colin Walsh looking much younger. There. I was watching the video yesterday when he came out to 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 lead the two teams onto the pitch, and also two of my brothers were on the uh, on the telly that day, and I was sat right next to him. They cut me off. What's all that about? Well. Yeah, I'd probably would have done the same. <laughs> oh, harsh, harsh. I showed them. <laughs> um, uh, I mean, it's, yeah. It, uh, you look back fifteen years ago. Can you believe uh, how quickly that's gone? Yeah, no. I was still in secondary school. Oh, yeah, I was, yeah, yeah. No, yeah I was, paid up. <laughs> his job, yeah. I was fifteen. I was yeah. So, I, but I remember. Obviously, I remember having season, but I can't remember that game. Really? Yeah. I mean, such a, it was a great game. Like we, but I um, remember the, uh, the other ones, the Chelsea's. I, mm. ju- I can't. I think if I still see the goals again, it, mm. I remember. Yeah, I remember Dean Kiley making a superb save from oh, what was that Juve they had? El Hadji, El Hadji Juve. Juve. Yeah, see, a header from close that. range, a superb save, and then uh, Michael Owen sort of falling over and sticking the rebound over the bar and stuff like that. Fifteen years. That was years. just after Juve signed, wasn't it? Because it was at the the year after he played well at the World Cup for Senegal. Yeah, it would have been. Yeah, yeah he would so have played. I, yeah, so summer, I remember yeah. it now, but I can't remember that game. But yeah, yeah fifteen years ago, it flies, didn't it? But yeah. um, those were the days, and then um, yeah, we're playing likes of no disrespect, Julian Molden and Blimmin Berry. Excellent, yeah. and Blackburn, of course, who were playing on Saturday, yeah. which we'll talk about in a few moments' time. Uh, uh, like I say, that, so that was 15 years ago. Uh, 25 years ago was the Back to the Valley occasion, and on Sunday, yeah, so we had all the celebrations all throughout the uh, the, the, the weekend, and that culminated uh, in after Sunday afternoon show. We did an early show in that Back to the Valley dinner uh, upstairs here in, in, in the North Stand Lounge, and uh, Chot and I have had a table. We, we, we went along uh, mm. and very much enjoyed ourselves. Yeah, very good. Um... Obviously, had a nice chat with Pally, Curbs, who else is there? Barmer, Walshy. Saw the boot. You saw the boot. Saw the boot that Walshy had. uh, Donated from the museum for for the evening. Yeah. um, But yeah, no, it was nice. It was nice for us to go out and um, uh, go and enjoy ourselves, really, because a lot of the time, you know, obviously, we're here and, you know, Terry and Greg are are doing the comms, and I don't really get to see them sometimes. And it was nice for all of us to go out, but the occasion was nice. Mm. Nice food, nice company. Uh, met some new people, but yeah, it was a really good, and it was the 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 in between bit of the you know the videos and that were really good, and it was a, ma- a brilliant video, and obviously we raised a lot of money for the trust for the charities. Um, yeah, the of course, so. yeah. I mean, they had uh, they had an auction uh, on the night, which on its own raised over fourteen thousand pounds for the community trust. Then you'll have all the the twenty five percent from the match tickets and from the programs and any other donations and stuff. It will, it will all add up, and I'm sure we'll get a, t- a total uh, at some point. I think the highlight of the night for Mark Newbury, who was on our table, was when Gary Nelson came over and started massaging oh. his shoulders. Yeah, he did. <laughs> Nels did say. Nels said to uh, Mark, he said, "Oh." Bit tense, mate, and, it, and Mark just was like a little stumble by me. Like, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, he looked tight and all. But then I suppose that in twenty years, that's say, something like say, like Chris Solly coming to do that to yeah. us, maybe. But um, not that I'm wishing for that or anything. Obviously. I'm sure I could <laughs> ask him on Saturday or, if you want. Or, to no, or if if Jan came over and 
Oh, in so, fairness, Jan gave me a great hug at a Player of the Year dinner once. I very much in there. Uh, <laughs> didn't watch for a month. <laughs> you no, know, exactly. Yeah, still haven't. Still haven't. <laughs> Explains a lot. Uh, yeah. Right. Also, uh, during the uh, during the week, the Checker Trade uh, home game, we got drawn away to. Uh, well, sorry, at home to Oxford after we we won uh, away at Swansea under twenty one. So our home game has been confirmed for January the 9th, seven forty five p.m. here. Uh, only three games from Wembley now, no? If you're getting excited? Uh, yep. Are you? Yeah, no. <laughs> uh, yeah, listen, you know, I've said since the beginning, I don't, I, this, the trophy is an absolute joke, but me saying that, if we get a chance to go Wembley, I'll be silly to say, and I'll be a liar if I said that wouldn't go, but um, yeah, I mean, I think Oxford is going to be a difficult game. Glad we're at home though, to be fair, because then we're like, we've got three home games now, haven't we? Mm. So is it Gillian and Oldham and then obviously Oxford. Yeah, if we beat Oxford, then I, I think I'll start start thinking about it then but I still think we've still a long way to go but it's um, it's still a bit sore about the Tottenham thing so uh, <laughs> it's still very sore actually you, you talk about Tottenham so much I'm starting to think they're your second team <laughs> no it's just I just really wanted to go there because I've got a lot of Spurs mates so yeah. I, was, I didn't want us to get drawn out in against Spurs if we weren't in that and then you know look what happened but um, yeah I, I think if we beat what uh, Watford Oxford uh, then I'll start thinking. Well, maybe we could have a little cheeky little day out. Yeah, but who knows? But uh, we've got Oxford, with a decent little team. We'll see. Right, emails have uh, come flying in. This one's from Bob Knight. It's the only one actually. But it says, "I'm sorry, guys, but you're in dream world. Roland has made it clear with the Leon Best situation. He doesn't want to spend anything. Yes, Konza and anyone they can get money for will go. We will have to rely on kids coming in too early as the playoff position drifts away. We'll be looking over our shoulder just to stay up, uh, unless the sale of the club goes through. We are stuck." With with another mediocre season and more and more of us will say enough is enough and that's from Bob Knight thanks for email Bob I mean that is a mm. I was sort of thinking about it while we we're having the conversation I think every transfer window that comes up in the summer and in the uh, in January as well and we, we have these conversations here in the studio and fans and we, we'll talk about as if we are mm. just a regular club we will go and spend money in January when they need to or might not be able to sometimes but we, we always talk about it as we, we try and normalize it almost Saying, yeah. you know, maybe this will be the summer, but like, like we have, like we and we have said it on the show. New Year's gone by; it has proven every pretty, pretty much every transfer window they were coming out of it with with some sort of level of disappointment. Now, in this summer, it was a bit better. You know, we we built on what we what we bought in last summer, added a couple more bodies to that, and we were getting we felt very close, but we still did end up slightly short. And I guess that what that's what Bob is getting at. Every year we have ended up disappointed. Yeah, no, I, I mean, I I can totally understand where you know Bob's coming from. Um... And I think if we were, uh, obviously I know he'll, he'll probably disagree with what I'm going to say, but I think if we were, say, languishing 16th, 17th, then I'd probably think that we weren't going to get too much because um, we weren't pulling up any trees. But I think in the position that we're in now, I think it's clear to see, maybe not to everyone, I mean, in terms of the uh, upstairs, but I think it's clear to fans and to Robbo what we need and we just need... That that little bit more, of, you know, that little bit more guile and that little bit much more of quality um, in the squad. That I've, and I think we'll be be able to do do well. Um, but that's if he wants to do it. Yeah, but that and that and that's what the key is. I think that I don't think you're going to get a better chance. I mean, we're in a decent position. But does, but does does promotion really mean that much to him? Well, I mean, well, I mean, if we get promoted, it would put the value up. So, I mean, if he if he's bothered about if he does want to sell, then if we get promoted. Um, the value of the you know of, of the club's going to go up, so surely you'd think 
does it does it go up yeah. by that much? I mean, well, I, you, I'm not, I don't claim to be an expert on this, but sure, I, yeah, know, I know you still make a loss in the championship. You make yeah. a loss outside the Premier League. You'd, so. you'd still you'd still make a loss, but surely the value of the club, if you only you know one away from the pre, one seat one year away from a potential Premier League payment, um, and then you do get a little bit of money. Yeah, you're still running at a loss. I would imagine that you, you'd still you're still valued at a as a higher price, maybe, mm. but not. I mean, don't forget, in the, the rumours are that he's asking for a hell of a lot anyway already. So, well, well, exactly. So <laughs> hopefully, don't ask for more. Otherwise, they'll go and buy Newcastle. But <laughs> um, yeah, I, mean, I can only uh, that. That's what my logic is. But listen, we all know that sometimes the the guy's logic isn't all there. Um, is to be a, as an understatement, but. We we can only hope, and I, I just think in the position that we're in now, I think we've got a better chance than if we, where we were last year, where we were sort of milling around. Mm. Um, but yeah, I mean the proof would be in the pudding, wouldn't it? And then Bob could turn out to be right. He, he may be right. I don't know, but I'm still gonna keep my optimism. You know, even though it might be <laughs> waning, um, uh, I keep it until uh, the last out of window. Mm. Right uh, now, the players during the week had their annual visit. Uh, annual Christmas visit to local hospital and hospice. Uh, so they went to Demelza Hospice and the Queen Elizabeth Hospital to you know see the uh, some some of the people in there uh, and and just you know just chat with them and just just be with them, hand out some some gifts to the to the children that sort of stuff. I mean, it's one of those things where you go you know oh every club does it, but mm. you know Charlton do it as well, and it's a it's a really nice touch. Uh, and and you know if you go into a, a hospital around here, you're bound to bump into Charlton fans, and and that's what happens. Carl Robinson uh, had this to say on those. No, listen. I think it's 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 something that we we really enjoy doing. Um, again, when I first came in, it wasn't it wasn't it wasn't something that it well it was. I think only four or five when we were talking before. Only four or five of the players went, and it was just part of their visit. Since we've been here, every single player who's associated with us has to go. Um, ironically, no, no, they want to go. Um, they want to go in and see the children. They want to go in and see the the older fans. Um, we went into a into a day really into a um, into a cancer ward where they were on just a, they were in for twenty four hours for for a hit of chemo and um, seen a fan who, who first went there in forty seven. Uh, another fan who went to the playoff game at Wembley, uh, and just chatting away and a fan was sitting in the, in the north lower. Uh, who's, who's, who's been ill since his last game he came was Bristol Rovers at home um, and I sat, we just stood and chatted for 10-15 minutes about about the club and about obviously the illness and his treatment and you walk out of there feeling a bit guilty um, sad but when you see the strength that they have to cope with, with the real Problems in life, not a social media problem of somebody having a drink at Christmas. The real problems in it's life, it puts everything into perspective, mate. Yeah, um, that's regardless whether you sport Charlton or any football club, um, and just to be there, just to just just to just to communicate with people and just to and listen. They laugh and joke for 10-15 minutes. It's ten fifteen minutes that they wouldn't have been laughing for and smiling for. So you go. That's Carl uh, talking about the. Visits to the, uh, the the local hospital and hospital. And I say, I mean, it's a really nice touch, and and uh, you know, to, if if you're not feeling too well for a, to to meet a, a, one of the Charlton players, you know, as Carl says, it just gives 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 you a bit of time just to think about something else. Yeah, exactly. And um, obviously, I know we've done it for a few years. <clears throat> I think it goes back to even when um, 
when 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 I was growing up. But um, yeah, it's it's a nice touch from the fans. Um, but um, yeah, no, it was nice. But and, you know, and it put like like he said, it puts it into perspective. Um, when people talk about pressure at football, I think that's not pressure. You know, pressure is someone going having that illness and going through it all, and um, that's pressure. And, and and it's a nice thing to do. And hopefully. You know, not only just kids. You know, mate. You know, fully grown adults. We get excited at football, and hopefully, um, it's made you know a few people's day. Mm. Uh, right, just to give you an update, actually, that Reading versus Millwall game in the FA Youth Cup is currently going on. Uh, Reading lead Millwall by two goals to one at half time. Oh, the Royals! Yeah, <laughs> Millwall pulled one back just before uh, half time there. So that at ten to eight, at ten to eight on Thursday, it's half time. So if you're listening on the podcast, probably be full time by the time you do. And we'll and we'll know. But at the moment, we're on tenterhooks to find out uh, who's coming to visit, presumably uh, the Valley in the FA Youth Cup fourth round. Right, Saturday, we're uh, we're the ones making a trip elsewhere. We're going all the way up to Lancashire. Uh, to play Blackburn Rovers. Not a traditionally happy hunting ground for us no. recently. Uh, but anyway, Carl Robinson, of course, looked ahead to Saturday's game with Blackburn Rovers. On Saturday, you go to Blackburn and are involved in the cup replay on Wednesday against Crewe. Does that give Chart on edge? Um, well, quite ironically, we're, we seem to become these teams who are, who are, in, who are in good form um, when we're losing some of our players. Um and people see this as maybe a mini blip in the season. Uh, but we go there, we had a great training day on Tuesday. The, the lads were excellent on Tuesday, they really were. They put a right shift in. Um, old school, I'd say they sweat it out of them, but obviously that might seem as disrespectful. Um, but we um, we really worked hard. We tactically started getting things ready. Um, like you've seen on Saturday, we played three systems during the game. Um, we tried almost everything. People told one system and one tactic doesn't work. We played direct quickly. We played four four two. We played four two three one. We tried everything. So we we've, we tried one or two things this week that we think think they can negate some of their strengths. But they've got uh, one of the best squads in the league. Um, it shows you obviously that what they spent in in January uh, sorry in, in the summer and what they brought in. Tony Mowbray is a is a top manager. It's a great club. I spent eighteen months. It's a great club and. Uh, it's certainly a game. Quite ironically, the last two games in the Portsmouth and the, and the Blackburn game and ourselves, two teams have been used to playing who have been in the Premier League um, and won the FA Cup. Ironically, in, in in that period of time, so and then we go to Blackpool, who've also been in the Premier League. It just shows you how League One's become a bit of a, a bit of a difficult league. And we go to Wigan after that, who who've also been in the Premier League. You know, South End's in the middle of it, but you look at some of the games that we we're playing at the moment. It's a very difficult run of games. Um, and we need our best players fit. We need Cashy fit. We need Tariq fit. Um, we need all these players backfiring because we're a weaker team without them. And uh, but that's the same as lost Jake Foster Caskey or we lost any of them. But we, we need our strongest players when we go into these games. We then play on a Wednesday. They made a number of changes, so it's not going to be something that's really going to play too much on my team talk. On that subject, is there any sign of Charlton's long injury list uh, shortening ahead of the very very hectic? Um, I'd like to think uh, Cashy's out running this week um, we want to re-scan towards the end of the week Tariq just to make sure he's in a good place to move forward and once we get the all clear back off that we can start pushing him forward as well Is it too early sadly for Tariq? Well, yeah way too early yeah. 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 it was a bit more severe than what we thought and it was um, it's going to be a, a, a decent knock <laughs> Jason Pierce. He's fit, yeah. He's available. 
So it is shortening then? Oh, it's, it's shortening. It shows you how long it was. Um, we're getting these players back. We've still got no Bauer, no Kashi, no Tariq. And the beginning of the season, they were they were the outstanding lights and bad path started un- unbelievable. Um, Kashi, everyone knows how good he is, and Tariq was our leading goal scorer. So it's almost like it's going to them, but them losing Charlie McGrew, Dak, um, and maybe Smallwood. So it just shows you that any team. It's funny how you, how you, you hear Premier League managers talk about losing their star players, and it becomes headlines that they don't have them. Yeah, when we seem to lose our star players at the lower levels, that we just have to get on with it. But it doesn't mean that we're not good enough to go and win. That doesn't. That doesn't. That's that necessarily doesn't mean it. What it does is the ones who are knocking on the door for a period of time need to stand up and be counted. Is Patrick Bauer going to be out longer than first anticipated? Uh, Pat's again on the training ground, hopefully by tomorrow. Um, no, it's not really. It, it, it is what it is with him. Um, but he, he won't be too long away. So that's Carl giving us the latest update on some injuries as we look ahead to Saturday's game. With Blackburn Rovers, I mean, you know, try and take the good news from that. Jason Pearce is going to be back by the sounds of it. So that's a player that we've missed and, and yeah. we'll add a bit of... Uh, a little, a little bit of uh, you know communication and, and and experience at the back, which I feel like we've been missing a bit over the last couple of weeks now. Yeah, especially commanding the, and and organising the the back four. That's not to say Nabs and Ez haven't been doing a good job. Um, they've done they've you know they've done well, but I still think Jason Pierce is our best central defender um, and should be in the squad there. In place of who I don't know him. I can that'll be up for debate, but I think Pierce should be in there. Um, and obviously Billy Clark will be a weak fitter which I think he's he's key even though um, a couple of th- I know he wasn't at his best on Saturday but he just come back from a long layoff so yeah it's it's getting there but we still got uh, the main one for me is Ahmed now and I think that's especially with Blackburn and Wigan away that's going to be a big that's exactly the sort of play you need yeah, in a away game need. like that just to protect and the, in and the middle some, of the park yeah you need someone doing the dirty work um, I'm not saying none of the others do do the dirty work because they do but does Dodu do the dirty work? <laughs> I don't know <laughs> I don't know if Dodu does the dirty work but uh, <laughs> yeah no but like you said that's a game that Cashy would be pivot win yeah um, and Again, like I said earlier, Joe Rebo, technically okay, but is he that enforcer, that sort of half-back sort of player, you know, the one who sits in front? I don't think so. So I think that's where we're going to struggle. Can we play Esri in there and put Naby alongside Piercy? Who knows? But um, we'll soon find out on Saturday. Blackburn haven't lost since uh, the 14th of October. Uh, and and they're on one hell of a one now. I think they've won two, three, four, won six out of the last seven uh, undefeated at home since uh, the 3rd of October in the, in the Football League trophy, undefeated at home in the league since the 16th of September when AFC Wimbledon got a surprise uh, win up there. Now, I mean, this is by no means uh, an easy an easy task whatsoever. Mm. Uh, and and if, if you needed further proof that history isn't is against us here, uh, I've done one of my boring stats again. Now, on our last games before Christmas away from home, we haven't won our last away game before Christmas... Uh, 
since 2009 in <laughs> Stockport. So we lost last year. We lost just before Christmas at Millwall. The year before we were good at Burnley, but sadly succumbed to a four 0 defeat. Uh, a couple of years uh, year before that was Blackburn. We lost two 0 uh, Bolton a one all draw. Which I didn't, out of all these, there's only two I didn't go to, and they were two that uh, were two of the ones we didn't lose. <laughs> uh, there was a two 0 defeat at Sheffield Wednesday, a one all draw at Walsall, a, a penalty defeat in the Johnson's Paint at Brentford. Our last win 2009 Stockport two one. Uh, although Jonathan Gray uh, happily tweeted me and said that Black and haven't won their last home game before Christmas since uh, 2002 which was a 4-2 win over Fulham although he may have made that up just to cheer me up I haven't checked it but uh, history is against us yeah history and form um, form is against us um, but look yeah they, I think Blackburn will go up automatically um, for me I just think we just can't afford to lose the game um, I think I'd take a point now uh, I think I don't know if anyone else would, but I think yeah. uh, a point would be a great result considering the players we've spoken about already, the form they're on, um, and like Tom Tom said on Sunday's show, you know he's looking up at second, I'm looking down at seventh now, um, and we need to try and maintain that 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 gap to at least three points until Jan, um, which is going to be very difficult considering like the the away games we've got this month. So I'd take a point. Um, but will we get it? I don't know. It depends. But there's there's an argument that we always play better against the better teams. There is a there could be an argument that yeah. maybe we'll turn up. Maybe will we get a reaction from the whole debacle of last week and then the it was only it was, only, a, it was only about three or four weeks ago that we went up to a Scunthorpe team and, and played yeah. them off the park in that first half. And exactly. obviously, obviously we succumbed in the end. But you know that's what we want to see again. Right. Um. We've got a cashy back bet. We uh we don't we're not trusting ourselves again. So we no, put it out no. to the world of Twitter and Niall Brennan. Uh, has uh, picked us. I often see Niall after games, I think, actually, knocking about. So uh, hopefully he's got a good head on his shoulders. What's he gone for? He's gone for uh, Billy Clark, first goal scorer 2-1. Decent odds. I thought, I'm thought i surprised how much money we're getting. I think we off 250, I think we got £202. I think it's like, oh, £202.50. I just did mm. just tweet it out, but I can't remember the penny. But it's about 200 quid. So that would be great. Um, if we if we won that game, yeah. but um, yeah, hopefully. But um, as we always say, anything we've not won one yet. Not even well, we came close once. Yeah, but we haven't. But we haven't. Won. Right, we've run out of time here on Charlton Live. This has been the big match. Preview. I hope you've enjoyed the show, Nathan. Thanks for coming in. Cheers, Luke. I've been Louis Mendes. This has been the big match preview. Let's hope it's a big match preview that brings us three points on Saturday. We'll see you later. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns.